Hello, hello, hello. You are watching again Our Walk Live, the show that talks to real people with real stories about a real God. I'm one of your hosts, Steve. Yes, I am. I'm Luke, apparently. <laughs> and this week we are talking to Jamie Brown. Yeah, a little bit tired. My throat's going a bit. Mine yeah, too, yeah. mine oh, too. Good. You haven't even watched Foo Fighters yet. Sorry? You haven't even watched Foo Fighters yet, so your throat will so, definitely yeah, be gone. I've been at Reading Festival this weekend, came here this morning because I couldn't miss this show. I love doing this with you, Steve, and I'm very excited to hear about Jamie's story. I know Jamie goes to my small group here, and I think we hit it off as soon as we first met. We're just like, we're cool. Yeah, I really didn't like you. Well, I loved you. You're not the only one. I thought we were bros, man. Yeah, it's really awkward. I, mean, I like you now. Sure, okay. Yeah, okay. Right, I think we've done enough good? Like, yeah, okay. banter and stuff like that. Um, Steve, would you like to remind everyone here and everyone that are listening where they can find us on social media and stuff? My pleasure. I, I did this last time, so hopefully you can all remember it and you don't need reminding. Um, most people here will have a Facebook Search Our Walk on Facebook and we'll come up with the one with that funky compass logo. Um, follow us on there. Luke is in charge of that one. He's updating that way more than I am on the Twitter page. The Twitter page is at Our Walk Pod if you want to follow us there. And we also have a website where we upload all our episodes and we're starting to write blogs and post blogs about various Christian things there as well. So ourwalkpod.com. If you go there, you can also sign up to our e-newsletter, which is what all the cool kids are doing. So do that as well. There you go. Awesome. Thank you very much, Steve. So let's just get right into it. So we usually start off with the podcast talking about childhood, family, upbringing, school life. So Jamie, what were you like as a child? Um, I was very well behaved, uh, never did anything wrong. Um, that's a lie right there. Yeah, that's a complete and utter lie. Um, I was a very mischievous child, um, but I was brought up in a, in a Christian home, um, and uh, you know, I've been a Christian all my life. Cool, thanks, guys. There we go. No. Um, so you are brought up in a Christian uh, family then. Yeah. So did you have any siblings as well, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got an older sister um, who's two years older than me. Yeah. Uh, so what was school like for you then? School was pretty normal. I didn't really fit into any particular group. I was sort of a, a non-group kind of person. Um, I wasn't the sporty lot. I wasn't a nerd. I wasn't a goth. I wasn't <laughs> anything really. I was just one of the one of the outcasts, kind of. You, know. you what I like to call a social butterfly. You just jump from group to group and just circle. That is exactly right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, growing up as a Christian. Uh, this school, it wasn't like a Christian school or anything like that? Uh, it was a C of E okay. uh, primary school. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, and then my um, secondary school was just standard secular, yeah. Okay, so like in secondary school, were like your uh, classmates, were they aware you would go to church and that you were a Christian? Yeah, most of them were aware of it. Um, I did occasionally invite some friends to... Um, we used to do our own sort of cell groups at, at church, um, and we were encouraged to invite our friends. Um, and I did bring a few friends and, and some of them even became Christians which was awesome 
Um, some of them, most of them, a lot of them aren't anymore now, um, which, is, which is quite sad, but um, some of them still are, and so some souls saved. So. Yeah, so there were no, like, sort of bullying or backlash for that at school? Not really. I mean, the odd comment, but, you know, people are going to joke, aren't they? I'm, it's a choice to take offence to that, and I chose not to, so. What was your... Um relationship with God like in those early days because we had Eden you know make her own decision to give her life to God and things like that so you went to church you brought people to church but would you say that was like your your decision or just something you felt like you had to do or yeah well it's one of those things isn't it when you're brought up always going to church it, it, the choice is somewhat taken away from you but you know when I was old enough my parents did give me the choice as to whether I you know wanted to come to church and I still did um, and some of that was for social reasons. I had friends at church and whatnot, so um, that was one of the reasons to go. Um, but it's interesting that we've just had Soul Survivor, because um, so for me that was a, a huge thing when, when I was a young person. Going to Soul Survivor and uh, meeting with God was just incredible, absolutely phenomenal. And that, that was probably the, um, the high point in terms of you know, my younger life, of my relationship with God, um, because I just felt like I could really connect with him then. Um, yeah, and I think Soul Survivor's awesome for that reason. R.I.P. It's all finished now, isn't it? Soul yeah. Survivor. Uh, Something else will take its place. Something I'm else sure. will take its place, yeah. So, it, by the sounds of it, you had a pretty good upbringing. You had a solid school life. You got on with your friends. It's made pretty boring, really. I mean. Well, yeah, tell us all the juicy bits. No, I'm just, <laughs> so oh, We'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess, should we take the next step on? So, school's finished. What did, you, did you go to uni? Did you? Well, just before I finished secondary school, um, or rather, just, just as I was going into sixth form, um, I had quite a big event in my life that changed my life. Um, and uh, to give you a bit of background, so when I meet new people, uh, they'll generally have a bit of small talk, and, uh, and then my kids come up, and, uh, and they'll say, oh, how many kids have you got? And I say, three. And they go, oh, wow, three kids. You're quite young, aren't you? And I say, well, yeah, I've got uh, Caleb, and he's four months. Uh, Layla, she's two. And they're like, oh. And then I say, and Joshua, he's ten. And they go, oh. And then they ask how old I am, and then go from there. And uh, the truth of the fact is, when I was uh, 16, I got my girlfriend at the time pregnant. Um, and so that is why <laughs> I have Joshua now. Um, it was an incredibly life-changing event, as I'm sure you can imagine. It was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Um, and at the time, I, I just wanted the problem to go away. I didn't want to think about it. Um, but I had a really supportive family. Um, my parents, bless them, were very, very trusting of me, such that when I told my mum that my girlfriend was pregnant, she said, oh my gosh, she cheated on you. And it broke my heart because I was like, no, mum, it was me. So, yeah, that was, that was tough. My dad's Scottish, and even when me and my sister were kids, even when he would just speak softly, it was scary. So <laughs> telling him was, like, not something I wanted to do. So I, I said, mum, can you send dad upstairs and I'll tell him. So I sat on my bed and I was, like, putting on a brave face. I'm, like, I'm ready for this, I'm ready. And uh, literally heard his first footstep on the bottom step of the stairs and just like, immediately started crying. Um, and then he came in and he said, what, what, you know, what's wrong, what's wrong? And uh, I, I just locked up, I couldn't tell him. So he started guessing. 
So he said, like, oh, you've play. Yeah, just throwing out stupid things, like, oh, you've accidentally killed someone, or, you know, and then, and then he said, you've got your girlfriend pregnant, haven't you? And I was like, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was bracing, bracing for the torrent of, of, of Scottish anger. Um, but it didn't come. He just said, okay, let's, let's work our way through this. Let's see what we can do. Um, and having that was incredible. Uh, on top of that, I had a really good circle of friends. Um, and I had, uh, we, we had a sort of a youth church that we had every Sunday evening. And my youth pastor was just there for me, completely there for me. So I had a really, really good support group there. Awesome. So what was your faith like during this sort of moment? Like, surely, I mean, there's a lot that must have been going through your head. Like, how was your relationship with God during this time? Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was as affected as much as I thought it would be. Um, If anything, it meant I had to rely on him more um, because I had to really just seek his guidance on what to do and trust that everything was going to be okay in the end, even though it was going to be hard. Um, so I was still going to church, and I was still uh, going to you know, youth church and Soul Survivor and all these things. Um, but there were times where I just felt completely and utterly just lost, like I didn't know what to do or what my life was going to hold. I just thought sometimes I just messed it all up, and that was it. So that was really tough. Yeah, I guess, I guess the, the silver lining is that obviously you've got wonderful, wonderful Joshua and the others. Um, but the, I guess the other silver lining is you had a good support network around you. I think you could quite easily have been in a church environment where, not this one obviously, but where other churches would go, oh my gosh, you did that get out or like just thought of you as some kind of heathen or something you know which I think it was tough because my dad was an elder in the church as well so there was a lot of eyes on him and um, we did have one quite awkward uh, Sunday school where um, you know me and my girlfriend at the time were there and they sat us down and they kind of said you know now we don't condone what happened here and it was it, it was none of it was incorrect but it was very very hard to sit there and and kind of almost be judged like that so um, as much as there was a lot of support there too, there was a bit of that kind of judgment. And I think you can't escape that a lot of the time. There's always going to be people who are going to judge you. Um, and not even just, you know, this is where all, the, all your non-Christian friends go and you're, well, aren't you supposed to be a Christian? You know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I had people come up to me and say, oh, you've, you've messed your life up um, and things like that. But a lot of that just turned into fuel for me to kind of work harder um, and certainly going into university, um, I think there was a point at uni where I was really, really finding my work hard, like I just couldn't fathom doing any more work. And the, the main thing that kept me going was thinking about the fact that I had to provide for Josh and that I had to be you know, his dad. Um, and God was there and helped me through that. Um, and I ended up coming out of university with the best degree I could get, so... It was. I'm so glad that I didn't give up because it would have completely changed the course of my life if I had. Um, so, was there, you know, during this moment? So you have Joshua, uh, who's an awesome little kid. I know him, and he's really awesome. Um, and then you go to uni and stuff, and you know, you're going through a lot of stuff. You're going through a lot of struggle and stuff. But was there a moment that sort of was clear to you where it brought you sort of 
not necessarily back to God because you always had him in your life, but there was just a moment that would just, wow, you know, this happened or something happened in your life that you thought, wow, I love God so much. Well, it's interesting because it, the, the stuff with Josh isn't actually, um, doesn't surround the main uh, piece of my relationship with God. It was actually um, an, another relationship I had with this girl when I was, um, when I was a teenager. Um, and so after, um, after we had Josh, me and my girlfriend at the time broke up and um, it was a really hard first three years. We were young, we were just kids really, and uh, we were at each other's throats all the time and constantly just bickering over stupid things but um, we did mature eventually and now we're actually family friends you know they'll come over for Christmas and things like that and, and that's just great to have that but uh, but after that I uh, you know dated a few other girls and there was this one girl who I was with for for three years and uh, it ended on just kind of there was just nothing there anymore and she'd gone off to university elsewhere in Bournemouth and it was long distance so it just didn't work um, but after that, it just kind of broke me a bit, and I went full prodigal son and just went out and partied and got drunk, and I'd never really been much of that kind of person before, but it was just that one breakup just sent me off the rails. Um, and uh, I did that for a, for a fair few months, and there was just a point where I kind of, I was at my lowest point, and I just realized that there was just this massive hole missing, and it was a God-shaped hole, obviously, at that point, I realized. And so I just, it was like, I need to get my life back on track. I need to find God again. I've still been going to church and I'd still, you know, pray every once in a while, but I hadn't really had a relationship. It was like, you know, an old friend who you occasionally send a Facebook message to, you know. So um, that was the point where I tried to get my life back on track there. And, and also I uh, d- downloaded a Christian dating app. <laughs> Um, and that is actually how I met my lovely wife over there, Rachel. Um, so, uh, very, very glad I did that. Shout out to Rachel. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, so, what, when you say you kind of went searching for God, and what can you think of a moment, can you think of a moment where, like, you just had this, like a lot of people have experiences. Yeah, they? so it, it was literally I was I was just sat in my f- front of my computer, and I think it was late, and I was just kind of I'd just been staying up and playing games and stuff like that, and I think I just was sat there just feeling really lonely, and it just I guess I just felt like this wave of of inspiration, and just like wait a second, I know I know what's missing. Why am I like killing myself? You know, I, I've known this whole time. I've just been pretending that. God's not there because I'm too embarrassed. So it really was like a prodigal son moment. I was just like, wait, I just need to go back to, to daddy, you know? So once you went back, Pastor Neville always likes to say, you know, if you encounter God, your life changes. So what kind of changes have, we, have you seen in yourself since you made that returning moment? Um, I mean, I certainly feel, I feel more confident. Um, I feel like I can rely on God a lot more for things. Um, I still struggle with that sometimes. I definitely say throughout my life I've not relied on him enough and I've relied too much on myself. Um, but in, in general now, I just I feel more, I feel more at one with, with him and, and that I know his heart. Um, I still struggle with my relationship with him. I'd be lying if I came up here and said that my relationship with God is, is amazing and that you know, I even talk to him every day. I, 
I can go a long time and, and I'll forget and I'll kick myself and I'll be like, come on, man, you, you, you know this isn't good for you. You've done it before. Um, but, you know, even after everything's done for me as well. So it's, it's still hard, but I think at my very core, I know that I'm never going to slip away from him again. Not, not to the degree that I, you know, that I did before. He's always going to be there for me and I can always trust him. Oh, we, uh, sort of always say on the podcast, it's like your faith has been like cemented in, you know, it's like, yes, yeah, exactly. Always. Um, now we know like in life, you know, when you sort of have that encounter and you give your life to God, life's not always going to be easy. So were there any sort of struggles, um, that you faced after that sort of experience and how did God get you through those sort of things? It could be anything that happened, maybe internal stuff. I mean, those. I mean, those two points. Obviously, having a kid at sixteen and and that that bender. Those are those are the two main sort of big points in my life where where there was struggle. Um, there is there are still issues with um, with with Josh's mum. When you know, sometimes we have disagreements, and and I find that really hard because I try I try and do what's best for Josh, which is to to keep things happy and keep the peace and a lot of the time that means compromise um, and a lot of that time that means getting Rachel to compromise as well um, which is a lot to ask of her so I find that really hard sometimes but we I constantly you know try and we have to try and remind each other that we have to be Christ-like and, and do what he would do in those situations um, the other thing I think is is, is worth saying is that um, financially, whenever anything has come up, um, God's always provided, always. Um, and and I do I do genuinely attribute that to, to tithing. Um, I think tithing is incredibly important um, because I can honestly say that since I've tithed, I've n- whenever like our boiler broke one year, and literally the the money was there the same month. It was just like. You couldn't make that up, you know. It was just amazing because um, there's no way we would have been able to pay for that otherwise. Um, so every every time something little like that comes up, he always provides for us, and and I just can't. I don't thank him enough. I always forget, and then I go, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> I haven't I haven't thanked the one who actually provided for me, and because I just think, oh well, that was that was good of me to get that money, wasn't it? And it's that's not even remotely true. <laughs> Our pastors will love that testimony. Church, tithe, <laughs> tithe. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't paid to say that, by the way. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I like asking this question, so some people might know that I ask this question a lot, but if you could have a little time travel thing and could go back and speak to, let's say, 16-year-old Jamie, what kind of uh, advice would you give him? Maybe life advice but also spiritual advice you know since then you've had your prodigal son moment is there anything you say to him to encourage younger Jamie to live a different life or it's difficult isn't it because I feel like everything I've done in my life leads to where I am now and and maybe if I hadn't done some of those things I wouldn't be where I am um you know if I hadn't gone off on that bender maybe maybe I wouldn't have had the the epiphany that I had you know um, I think I think all I would say to 16-year-old me is is just keep trusting, um, and you know footprints in the sand 
um, is, is, a, is, a, is a good one. I think we've, everyone's heard that one usually, but we've, we forget it all too often. Um, and, uh, you know, even, even when you feel like you're completely and utterly alone, you're probably just curled up in a ball and just, you know, crying or whatever. But really, you're just in his hand and he's got you. And you just need to open up and just see that he's there. I have three questions. Go for it. One of them is, Steve, how much time do we have left? <laughs> um, should we say five minutes? Five minutes? Okay, five minutes. Second question. I'm a bit of a nosy person, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to go step back a bit in your life. How did you and Rachel... Well, obviously, you and Rachel met online. What was your sort of first sort of meeting like? So, um, yeah, dating on apps is kind of strange. Um, a lot of the people in, the, in this room probably think that it's a weird thing to do. Um, but uh, in this day and age, you know, when life gets so busy, it's kind of the only way to meet people a lot of the time, especially when you've got kids. Um, but, uh, you know, I had kind of sort of gone through and, and seen the people that were on there, and, um, and you can kind of select people that you might like and add them to a short list of people you might talk to later. But it also tells them... And uh, Rachel took the initiative and decided that, oh, I'm on a shortlist. I'm going to talk to him instead. So she actually initiated the conversation, and, uh, and then we got chatting, and we had several sort of Skype calls where we'd, you know, she'd make sure that I'm not some fat old dude who's like in his 50s. Um, and uh, not yet, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then we eventually met up, so I, I came to, to her house and... Uh, and, and met her for the first time, and, and she was like completely giddy, and, and I was, so was I, and it was just, it just we just clicked instantly. Um, but uh, you know, we, we we decided we'd be sensible about it. You know, even though we felt that you know it was a we had a really good thing going on, we we decided you know we'd wait till we were together at least for for a while before we you know made any big decisions, and and we did that, and and the rest, as they say, is history. Awesome. And then my last question is, Jamie, we like to um, end every show on our podcast, the live shows. Hopefully we'll do more live shows. Neville. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But we like to sort of ask our guests for sort of a prayer request that we could pray for the whole church and people listening can pray for over time. So do you have any prayer requests at the moment? I think the main prayer request I'd have is to help me and Rachel just keep God at the center of our relationship. Um, having kids has been incredible, um, and I love them to pieces. But gosh, do they take up a lot of your time and a lot of your attention and leave you feeling uh, without any spoons, you know? You just feel exhausted. So um, having time to just pray together is not something that we've had a lot of. So. Um, just, I guess, energy and the willingness to do it as well would be, um, would be incredible. Awesome. So I guess we'll do like we did last time, if everyone could sort of like reach out their hands and, can I, and all pray. Can I ask the question, Rachel, do you want to come up and join us as we pray? <laughs> there you go. Excellent. See? Awesome. So, yeah, Livestream Church, if we can stand up and extend our hands, we'll just pray for these guys and... <laughs> anywhere, anywhere you want. 
Yeah, so Heavenly Father, we really want to thank you for uh, Jamie and Rachel and their children. And Father, we want to um, really thank you for Jamie's story. Thank you that you have been there, you have been supporting him, and you have been holding him um, and Rachel throughout everything he's been through and everything they've been through. Lord, we want to thank you um, that Jamie has come back to you, that he's desperate to see more of you, that he knows that he needs to see more of you. Father, I also want to thank you that they know they need you right in the middle of their relationship. They need you to be there for them. They need to fix their eyes on you rather than anything else. And Lord, we just want to pray for more of that. We want to pray that both of them can fix their eyes on you through everything, through all the highs, through all the lows. They would fix their eyes on you, focus on you, and focus on what you've done for them. Lord Jesus, we thank you for everything you've done to allow them to have this relationship with you. And Holy Spirit, we just want to pray for more of you in their lives every day, not not when they need you, not when they think they might be a bit dry, but every day in their working life, as their day-to-day life, just every single day, every waking moment. Holy Spirit, come and fill them afresh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies Amen. and gentlemen, Jamie, Rachel, and Kayla Brown. And also, let's just give a round of applause to God. Awesome.